0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Happy Monday, starting another week of NBA action. Lot to get into today. As always, there's always a ton of stuff going on around the NBA. But uh Keith, we're we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs starting up. That anticipation is building. I know over in Lakerland, we are living and dying with every single game right now because of, of course, the standings watch. But how are you feeling? Over I saw that the 76ers have moved ahead. Do do Celtics fans care about second or third? Or is this just hey, get Back into a rhythm before the playoffs
2: uh that's a good question i think they're starting to talk themselves into just find a rhythm be healthy but they care they did not only do they care about second or third they still want number one and that's starting to look less and less likely uh, with each passing day, but they they still you know would like to see them push and maybe try to catch the Bucks. They're now three games behind Milwaukee in
0: yeah. the loss
2: column. They're functionally tied with Philly, which means they're functionally ahead of Philly because they have the tiebreaker already in hand. But Philly is ahead right now on percentage points because they've played a couple less games than the Celtics. So. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see, but certainly I think the worry is the Bucs and Sixers are playing really well uh, down the stretch here, and Boston is not. They've been very uneven uh, for the last really couple months or so um, of, the, of the year, so we'll, we'll see. Ten games left to, to figure it out and pull it off, and one game left on this six-game road trip tomorrow night in Sacramento.
1: Is there a tear break in the East? Because based on the standings, it looks like it's Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, and then a tier break, and then you go Cavs and Knicks, and you get into these other teams. But uh, and so, if that's the case, that would suggest there is a big advantage to getting the one seed because then you don't have to see one of those other two teams in the second round. But then, if I go and I look at point differential, which often gives us a decent idea of you know the overall quality of a team, particularly we're looking at, it at almost a full season, the Cavs are right there with Boston and with Philly. How do you how do you see that? Is there a tier break there? Is it one, two, three, and then a break? Or, or is it something different?
2: Yeah, it's funny. If we were basing it just on the regular season, I would say, yes, there is a, a, uh, a tier of four in the East with the Cavs in that group. But... I, I still think the Cavs are gonna go through it a little bit. Most of that roster has not been through any kind of playoff run yet. So that's gonna be something they're gonna have to sort through. They are also they they have a pretty wide disparity between home and road splits that they, they've not been very good on the road, and that tends to signal if you're not good on the road in the regular season, you're generally not good on the road in the playoffs. So I, I, I think they're they're a tier below. Um, and I would say the Knicks are probably they've played well enough that I'm going to put the Knicks on the Cavs on about even. But to but to your point, yeah, you want to try to get you know really try to stay in that top three. Which those there's enough separation; those should be the yeah. top three teams in some order: um, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston. And then the challenge comes in is, do you want to play? Miami, who's sitting down on the plane? Would you rather be in third and play the, the Nets? Here's how I think of this when people ask me is, for the Celtics specifically, is some folks are, well, we'd rather be in third and play the Nets than seventh and play maybe the Heat, which you can understand, right? They've had many battles against Miami, including last year in the East Finals. But the reality is, if you're in third, even if you get through the first round, you are then on the road for the second round, probably on the road for the third round. And then there's a decent chance you'd be on the road for the finals. So you're talking about winning three straight series without home court advantage to win the entire thing. And that, that's a very tall ask. So I think you do want to try to get up to that two spot. If you can, uh, you know, have that home court advantage, as long as you get it. And then just kind of go from there. And ideally maybe even make a little run here to close out the year and try to run down the Bucks. And one of the things I know a couple of people have clung to here is, are milwaukee and philadelphia peaking too early are they they peaking right now and is that going to give them a little stumble going to the playoffs i don't know i tend to think they're just good teams that are beating some other good teams and taking a little bit of advantage of some uh, schedule favorability but we'll, we'll see but i think those three teams are still on pretty even footing
1: all right well we're going to dedicate a show later on this week to just looking at the standings and breaking down that sort of stuff so be on the lookout for that, everybody, but just something that caught my eye that I wanted to kick things off today with um, a lot going on around the NBA in terms of the standings in both conferences. So, of course, we'll spend some time later on this week talking about that, but we do have some news to get into. Um, We'll start here with with my Lakers, and let's go here. The Lakers, according to Darvin Ham, said yesterday before the win over the Magic, said the Lakers do anticipate LeBron returning this season, which... Glad that was specified that it was this season <laughs> and not just LeBron returning. Um, this I don't think I don't know how, like, this was, I believe, the first time we've heard directly from the Lakers that yes, we expect him to be back this season. Um, and not just, hey, he's being reevaluated, re-evaluation is supposed to come later this week. But good to hear they expect him back this season. Doesn't mean we know what's going to be said at the reevaluation. We'll see what happens then. Um, as we've been saying for a while, I'm thinking the best case scenario is you get him back with maybe a handful of games left in the season and that's best case scenario depending on how his foot is is healing up because he's going to need time to ramp up after he does get that green light and there's no guarantee that he gets that green light to go out back on the court when he does get reevaluated later this week so good news but I certainly if you're thinking LeBron's back in like a few days or something like that or that's a sign that he's coming back soon I I think you're probably going to be disappointed.
2: Yeah, I I would not expect them back soon. I still have my eyes on that um, Friday, Sunday end to the season for them, which are two home games. Maybe the game before because it's a road game, but it's a road game at the Clippers, so we, you know, that's not really a road game. Maybe the Tuesday before that, which would be Tuesday, April fourth, because it's a game against the Jazz, which right now looms like it could be pretty you know, huge in the standings. That could be a very important game for them to have a shot at making the the playing tournament. So I, I think I'm still looking at that last stretch. Um that's probably where he's ramped up, ready to go. You get him out there, play him so that way you see what he's doing before you get into the uh and move into the um playing tournament. But yeah, it, it this is at least good news that the Lakers are now saying he may actually be back versus speculation or trying to translate you know, cryptic Instagram posts and
1: everything else. Cause I saw he
2: posted a picture of his feet <laughs> and then said something like recharging mm-hmm. or something. I can't remember what it was, well, he, was like a,
1: he was in. He was in, I wish I knew more about what, what kind of a chamber he was yeah. in there, but it looked, it looked fancy. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was <laughs> or, or what that yep. does, but, but it looked like something high tech, like, you know, he was emerging from some I don't know some some sort of crazy tank. rehabilitation. That's what yeah, that, that's it. Is that's what I was trying to land on yep. the back thing. That's what I was yep. looking for. Um, all right, Keith. I think, I think that what's going to happen here is teams or maybe players, maybe agents, are going to start petitioning us, saying, "Can you do a breakdown on our guy?" <laughs> because Austin Reeves, right after. We did that full breakdown on what the Lakers' situation is with his contract and all of that, and what the Lakers can do to re-sign him this summer and everything. Austin Reeves blows up for thirty-five points uh, last night against the Orlando Magic, and now everybody's talking about exactly what you went over just the other day about what his contract <laughs> situation really is this summer.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I had a bunch of people uh, tweeting at me last night and in things, and it'll. it'll, it'll to be completely honest, I ended up falling asleep before the game was over, but I had a bunch of people like, Hey, write about more Lakers guys, a lot of Lakers fans, uh, which I can only assume are crossovers from, from here. But yeah, it was kind of funny to watch him, him go, you know, really go off. And one of the things that I say um, with Austin Reeves too, is, and I called this out in the piece that I wrote at spot track. If you're interested is, I think he has this rep from some of the more casual fans of, well, he's just a shooter. And, he is a good shooter, don't get me wrong, but he's a lot more than that. I think yeah. last night he took 16, 18 free throws, something like that. 18, yep. um, and he's, and that's, that's obviously an extreme. Sure. But he's averaging over three free throw attempts per game for a guy who plays 25-ish minutes a night off the bench. That's really good. Um, he's a pretty good passer. He holds up well defensively. So I think we're in a position where for Austin Reeves, this is now you're seeing – why you know when i threw out there you know the lakers could be putting a little bit of a tricky spot here And they may be forced to match an offer sheet because when you look around and you look at all right well who has cap space this summer well the teams that have cap space first you got to look at is well are they interested in a guy like austin reeves well all right so let's look at him detroit sure he'd be a great fit in detroit right i think he'd be a really good fit alongside some of their their guys houston why not they could use another shooter indiana yeah kind of scream spacers uh oklahoma city sure and oklahoma city could afford to throw a really big offer because it's not like they're trying to fill out 15 roster spots they've already got like 12 of their spots spoken for uh orlando another team that could use another wing player another guy in their backcourt um Let's see what direction the Spurs go in. So all these teams, Utah as well, I I don't want to forget them. So all of these teams are very teams where it's very easy to see. Yeah. They could craft an offer sheet for Austin Reeves using their cap space, which then forces the Lakers into a match situation. Or I don't think it'll get crazy where it's going to be 25 million annual value for Austin Reeves. I think that's, that's going, you know, about three bridges too far, but 15 to 18 million a year yeah sure then all of a sudden if you're the lakers you're probably still gonna match but you're probably swallowing hard a little bit there because then that's gonna put a lot of money on your books in the last couple oh, of if, years if, if and they don't
1: match games, there's going to be problems oh there's gonna be i yeah, can i can tell you that people will yeah. lose their minds in the in the wake of the alex caruso disaster oh people will lose it if they don't match on on on, on austin yeah. reeves i can tell you that for sure
2: I saw one, one guy just he, he tweeted at I think the two of us uh, or it might have put it in the YouTube comments uh, over on Lakers Nation where we did the breakdown. It was mm-hmm. something alongside the if they let him go to I'm never going to love another white boy on the Lakers again. <laughs> <It> <laughs> <backed> <laughs> me up. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So um, but yeah, it's it's you can envision where they're at least forced into, you know, a semi tough decision if it's anything 15 million and under. That's not a tough decision. You match it, you move. Um, ideally, you can get him signed, but as a couple more games like this, and maybe a couple nice games in the postseason, all of a sudden the early bird rights that I think the Lakers are hoping to use to, to re sign him and get him at you know, about 11 and a half million or so this coming season, and then up to about 50 million total, that's going to be out the window because that's just not going to be enough.
1: Well, I, I think we're getting to a point too where, you know, maybe mid at the midpoint of the season, there was the thought of, well, do we want to give him 11 and per season? And my answer still would have been, would have been, yes, you absolutely do. Sure. But, but there was that, well, you know, what, what are things going to look like this summer? Is it, is, can you get him for maybe less than 11 and half Now it's like, oh my gosh, I hope they can get him to take this early bird rights thing. And if you're Austin, the Lakers, if they, the Lakers are better, tell him, Hey, we're going to give you everything, your early bird rights. And tell us how many years you want. And Austin can say, cool, thanks. I'll think about that. And uh, and let me see if any other offers come in. That's the position yep. now. And I, I think things have swung quite a bit uh, in that way. And So we'll see ultimately what happens. Austin's spoken very favorably, favorably about the Lakers. And uh, I think the ideal situation is for him to stay in, L- in L.A. But uh, I think other teams may indeed come knocking and that might put the Lakers into a tough spot in terms of matching or, or not. So we'll see what happens. And, and I think the last thing
2: that I to have to say on this for now is this is not as cut and dry as, you know, what a jerk for leaving kind of thing, because this is important to remember. This is a guy who's made no money in his career in relative terms, right. And in terms of NBA salaries. So if this is his chance to really get paid, you know, go do it, you know go, go get yourself paid, you know, go get your money. And, and that's the the tricky part. But I think, you know, you, you wonder almost if you're the Lakers of, you know, Geez, you know, did, it's hard to say they missed any kind of window because because that's the other important thing. As I wrote about in the piece, it's not the Lakers didn't extend him when they could have. He's never been extension eligible because he's only on a two year contract, uh, which is wrapping up now. When you have to be on a longer contract in his case to to extend, so um, they 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 really have had no chance up until now. And I think you're absolutely right. I think he goes into the summer knowing I have this early bird offer whatever it means in terms of length that we can discuss. Cause maybe a two plus one might be a better sure. Avenue for him or whatever, but Hey, yeah. If one of those cap space teams comes along and says, Hey, we'll do 15 or 16 million. That may be one where it's, Hey, I'm going to sign it and hope you match. Cause I don't really want to leave, but it's a chance to, to get more money. So really kind of interesting uh, situation here for the Lakers and, Last, last thing, because I thought of this one, too. This is, again, where you carve out some of your mid-level exception just to be able to give these guys a little bit longer of a deal. I'm wondering if, without having to fill, you know, 10 roster spots this summer, most likely, because they're probably going to re-sign some key guys, if if next summer it's there, we're going to leave some of the taxpayer mid-level and we'll use it that way versus just signing the best player. But it's hard because, you know, LeBron doesn't want to hear – Hey, you know, we we gotta we can't sign player X who's pretty good and we think can help because we gotta save some of the taxpayer mid level to give second round pick X a contract. He's like, I don't care about that. Go get me the better guy who can help right now. So it's not not as simple, but still, you know, you don't have to give everybody the full amount of everything every time. Just carve out a million bucks or so so that way you can give a slightly longer contract to another player.
1: And that's pretty standard around the league. You know, I had somebody tweeting at me this morning because there was an article that came out that said, you know, well, the Lakers, they couldn't give Reeves a longer deal because they had already allocated so much of the taxpayer mid-level to Kendrick Nunn and saying, saying, see, Trevor Lane, you owe the Lakers an apology because <laughs> because they couldn't give Reeves more years. Well, no, they could. They The decision was to give Kendrick Nunn the full taxpayer mid-level. That's not standard most teams nope. will carve out some of that so they can give these guys a longer deal and have more upside in case they do hit because your risk is is very minimal on these guys who are undrafted or second round <laughs> picks so you want to give yourself that upside there as well most teams do that that's that's pretty normal around the nba and other teams are looking at the lakers confused as to why they aren't doing this this isn't uh, a situation where the lakers i mean Maybe if that's the difference between obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, it doesn't make sense. But if that's the difference really between getting Kendrick Nunn or not getting him, I don't know. I would be surprised if that was the case.
2: Yeah, I I I yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. It's it's a little tough. And, you know, and some people have said to me, of, you know, well, but doesn't it have to be the non-taxpayer mid-level. Yeah, it's generally the non-taxpayer, but the taxpayer you can do it with too. And the perfect example is mm-hmm. the, the Dallas Mavericks did it with Jaden Hardy where they gave him, you know, a three-year contract this year. So the, there are ways you can make it work because on the taxpayer, three years is the longest you can go to. So, so it just gets very, very messy but it's uh there's definitely ways you can make it work it's just you, know, you gotta be you know a little smarter about allocating resources and you know trying to figure it out but yeah we're, we're, we're gonna see they they still have the ability to keep him they they, they do not have to lose austin reeves at all this offseason
1: all right let's move on from the lakers we do have one more lakers thing to get to in just a bit but we will spare our non-lakers fan viewer and listeners uh the blazers <laughs> essentially shutting down Damian Lillard. They lost last night to the Clippers. I, look, this, I don't even know that this is definitely going to be a thing, but it's something they have to start considering. Currently, the Blazers have lost their last six games. They are sitting three and a half games out of the 10 seed um, and the final playing spot. They've got uh, 11 games to go on the season. Three and a half games out with 11 games to go. You're pretty close to to calling it, I think, on the, on the Blazers season here
2: yeah and they 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 should be because you're not not only is it the three and a half games but you'd have to pass three teams too to get there that's also difficult because it's like you're just playing those teams and you're beating them and giving them losses and also on the flip side there are only three losses behind the orlando magic now in the uh race to the bottom so you know and orlando doesn't show any signs of fully you know pulling up and and not playing hard all the way through, even though they're five games out now um, after their their loss last night and the Bulls uh, have won their last couple. So I think we're we're starting to see some of these teams drop out of the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is though're we're, we're recording this on March 20th and we're just now seeing the the teams that are not in the full-on tank group of Detroit, San Antonio, Houston, and Charlotte. Just now start to make these decisions, which that's great for the NBA because that means these teams were alive, you know, deep, deep into the year and, you know, good for a couple of these young teams to be playing these meaningful games this deep into the season. But for Portland, yeah, it, it's time, you know, shut them down I start to wonder Jeremy Grant, you know, you're going to you know rush him back. He's coming back from from an injury, too. Or are we just going to pivot and say, all right, we're 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 off into the offseason and are planning that way.
1: Yeah. Yep, exactly. Probably time. Just shut down Lillard. Let him let him go. And uh, all right, let's jump over to the uh, the Pelicans We're close to a deal to land. Uh, The Lakers wound up getting Vanderbilt and and Beasley and the Pelicans apparently were close to getting a deal done. I believe this was via Zach Lowe over on on low post. Uh, Malik Beasley Jared Vanderbilt they had an offer in there the first round pick was involved but apparently not uh, as valuable of a first round pick as the one the Lakers were offering and that's ultimately what caused the Jazz to go with the Lakers deal that also sent out Mike Conley that also being a complicating factor because the Jazz wanted to Jazz send Mike Conley's contract we were able to do that in a three-team deal with the Lakers and the Wolves Had the Wolves not been part of it Conley would have been going to the Lakers I can confirm that that was the plan uh, Lakers were able to switch it up and get D'Angelo Russell instead but Interesting that the Pelicans were so close and now the Lakers and Pelicans, of course, already linked with the pick swap situation. They're right next to each other in the standings competing for playoff positioning, all of that kind of stuff. And now you've got this rumor that they were neck and neck for the same players. Just adding even more intrigue between these two teams that are already linked via Anthony Davis.
2: Yeah, and they're going to be linked for at least a couple more years too, with, you know, draft picks and everything else that are you know still owed and uh, potential deferment and all that other stuff. So, so we'll see what that looks like down, down the line for them. But yeah, I mean, I would have loved both of those guys for the Pelicans. It's it and it's easy to understand why they weren't going to take back Conley. I is Vanderbilt and Beasley fully get that part of it because they could have matched salary very easily on variability doesn't make anything, you know, but easily that one would have been a little trickier, but they could have got into that mix. My, my assumption is Devonte Graham probably would have been involved. They wouldn't have done the Josh Richardson trade likely is how you would have got there uh, for the salary match. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're all of a sudden the Pelicans too, over the last month, plus uh, depth has been a major issue beyond just Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, but they've had other guys in and out of the lineup too. And it's, it's just been really tough on them. So, so we'll see, but you know, all, all that said they are, they won last night. So they're only a half game behind Minnesota and the Lakers and that, you know, spot uh, run there to the, to the last spot, a uh, half game behind the jazz as well. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's tight as it's been all year long at the end. And they're, they're another team, Are they going to get Zion back? Because if they get Zion back, that's an immediate lift. We've seen he tends to come back and plays well right out of the gate. doesn't take him a lot of time to kind of get back into into the thing. So, you know, I'm very curious to see. feels like injuries and who's back and who isn't back are going to play a major role in the bottom of the Western Conference.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline.
1: line yeah the pelicans don't have a super easy schedule but they do have a couple two two i don't want to say gimme wins because you never know and our franchises can certainly attest to that <laughs> but san antonio charlotte coming up then you get the clippers but then portland dame may be long gone by that point on, sure. on march 27th you get portland But then they have Golden State, Denver, the Clippers, Sacramento, Memphis, New York, Minnesota. That's a pretty brutal stretch to finish out the season. Um, But again, you never know this time of year who's resting players late, who's sitting guys, and is Zion back. That could certainly keep the Pelicans right in this thing.
2: Yeah, and then for them, right, they, they get a deal also with Utah. And Utah, they, they just beat Boston, so I'm not going to take it off the table. But they've got another game at Boston. They've got Milwaukee, Denver, Sacramento. So they've got a bunch of tough games. Phoenix, a game with them left too. So, you know, you kind of looking at it and saying, eh, those are kind of – they're not loaded up with very easy wins because they're, they're two only – only two easy games, if you could even call them that, are San Antonio and Portland um then they've got two with the lakers it feels like those lakers jazz games and
1: charlotte huge
2: uh for the jazz oh sorry i I went back to the pelicans
1: yes oh no no i
2: was still i was working on the jazz so yes um you know so we'll see where they go but it does feel like those lakers jazz games could be absolutely huge the rest of the way so we'll see
1: yep two of those there uh john morant still being held out by the grizzlies so he will be out for uh tonight's game against the mavs Uh, No John Morant, but this is more of a ramp-up thing than anything else. He is able to return. Maybe we see him back. Uh, I believe the Grizzlies' next game is Wednesday, so that would likely be his return. But the Grizzlies, the problem is he hasn't played basketball for a bit uh, Mm -hmm. while he's been going through everything, and so they don't want to just throw him back onto the floor. Um, Tonight they have Dallas. Wednesday they start uh, a two-game stretch here, two in a row against Houston at home. So you go Wednesday and Friday, both against Houston at home. Uh, opportunity to get jaw back on the floor at that point.
2: That would be my guess is that's when we see him is a little later this week in that same game. Uh the Mavs, uh, while we've been recording, ruled out Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Uh that'll be his fifth straight game with a left thigh strain. Uh Kyrie Irving is uh, questionable he says he's hoping to play so we'll see uh, if he can get in there he obviously had a huge game against the lakers a couple couple days ago um, in a win that the mavs need but mavs another team it's you know that they've got to win games they're only a game and a half ahead of um utah who's in 11th so you know nothing is sewed up for them as far as being a playoff team goes for dallas they've still got a lot of work to do
1: all right, let's uh, jump over to the Jazz. Well, I guess back to the Jazz. They signed Jarrell <laughs> Brantley to a, a 10-day contract. Utah is that, that team. They just keep kind of sticking around. I, uh, they had a difficult strength of schedule, um, but a big part of that was that Boston game. Yep. And then, Keith, what were the Celtics? Why would you run a play for Grant Williams to close out the they game? They didn't. They didn't. It was what, supposed what to be the for the Jason was Tatum.
2: Yeah, it was supposed to be for Tatum, and the, the Jazz blew it up. So okay. here's the weird thing in that game. The Jazz were coming off, I believe it was five consecutive days off um, that they didn't play. Um, So very odd schedule mm-hmm. for them. So they – Will Hardy kind of had a chance to coach his team up like it was a playoff game because mm-hmm. we talk about this all the time in the regular season. You don't have a chance to prepare for each opponent. You, you pretty right. much – there's a couple game plan things like like I would say the Celtics are playing the Kings on Tuesday night. So it's like, hey, don't let De'Aaron Fox get to his left hand, right? Like, like it's things like that. Um, but if you're coming off several days off, you can put in the opponent-specific stuff. And they had them super well scouted. Now it's not hard because Boston recently at the end of close games has only run, you know, variations off the same look. So what happened was they inbounded it, it was supposed to be Grant Williams. Catches on the run, heading to the top of the key. It flows right into a dribble handoff to Tatum. Tatum gets downhill and takes a shot for the game winner. What happened was Laurie Markkinen jumped Williams' cut, which then took away the DHO action. He had to back cut him. They threw it to him. Tatum was too far away. They had the shooter covered in the corner. Malcolm Brogdon, who probably should have got the ball back, Never came in bounds, stayed out of bounds the entire time, and then that left Williams kind of on an island, so Grant, I think he said himself he probably should have pulled up or shot a floater or something rather than go all the way into Walker Kessler, but he made the best of an absolute bad situation because he was there. So I I've ranted about this plenty. Um, people can read about it at Celtics blog. You could go uh, listen to Celtics collective with me and Adam Taylor. We did a long uh, run and very long breakdown on that play, but yeah, it was, it was not run for Graham Williams. It was just a mess of a play and, You know, no creativity at the end games for the Celtics. They run the same thing every time with only very slight variations.
1: Keith, uh, Lakers fans are convinced that there is a conspiracy being executed currently between the Celtics and the Suns to mess things up for the Lakers based on the Suns completely falling to pieces yesterday against Oklahoma City and what the Celtics did against Utah. Two games that you would have looked at as probably losses for the Thunder and the Jazz. And they ended up being upset wins. So Lakers fans not not thrilled here, and uh, and think that that uh, the teams that dislike the Lakers are doing things to purposely try to make the Lakers not get into the playoffs. That is not the case. That's not what really yeah, happening, Boston, folks. That, if
2: Boston was sitting on like a five game lead in the East, I I maybe could lend a little credence to that. They're trying to stay to the towards the top yes. of the conference themselves, so they're not they're not punting games to worry about the Lakers playing chances. I promise no. you.
1: They they are not they are not. All right. Uh, last thing here: the Lakers are working out Tristan Thompson and Tony Bradley. Um, but they thought I just heard
2: angels singing "Hallelujah" in the background <laughs> there. That the Lakers are maybe adding some size to the roster. I, you know, I maybe not the size anybody wants, but it's you know I know but, Lakers fans are clamoring for another big, and kind of makes some
1: sense. Well, the the question that's being asked though is. Why didn't you do this a couple of weeks ago? Like, what as soon as if as soon as Mo Bamba went down and you knew, apparently the rule was you're not going to play, which they didn't do a great job communicating, but if the rule was Anthony Davis doesn't play in back-to-backs, period, then that means you knew that you were going to go into Houston with Wenyan Gabriel as the only player on your entire roster that was anywhere close to being a center, and he's 6'9", 205. Yeah. Why, why would you not do this before going into that situation. But nonetheless, not that I'm saying Tristan Thompson or Tony Bradley are going to do anything to you know make a massive positive impact for the Lakers or anything like that, because they're not. But you had the opportunity to do this a while ago and didn't. I mean, I guess better late than never. But it's kind of, why, why wait till now to do it when you only have one more back-to-back left on the schedule?
2: Yeah, I don't get it either, because it's not like... Tristan Thompson what well, hasn't been Unsigned all season long yeah. You know you at any point You could have gone and gotten him and, and brought him in and Now the reality is he wasn't very good Last year yeah. he wasn't really all that good The year before either I mean he was okay with, with the Celtics just You know well wasn't the the guy He had been but yeah I mean he's Still out there I know I've seen some people say what about DeMarcus Cousins like that, We know they had him in for a workout And yep. apparently didn't Look, you know Hob when he came in, um, but yeah, I, mean, I still go back to the one that's weird to me is you just let Jay Hoff, who was already with the organization, yeah. just go like when you could have definitely elevated you know, him signing with the Wizards on a two way would not have been his first choice over being elevated to the Lakers on a standard contract for the rest of the year. So yeah, that that one was weird to me. And you know, again, not, none of these guys are probably making a huge difference, but like you said, in games where you're playing winning Gabriel is your only you know, big on the roster. Yeah. You could use them. And then what made me laugh the other day and I immediately thought, thought of you in that, that same Celtics, uh, jazz law play where, um, they, they went into who was it? It was uh, Damien Jones <laughs> drilled a three pointer, like a, no, like, no, like uh hesitation yep. at all. He shoots up and drilled a corner three. And I was just like, man, like that, where was this? When we were both like, that's a good signing for the Lakers. You know, they, they, that, that's a good pickup. And then did nothing for them for you know, the entire season.
1: He will like, he shot them a few times for the Kings. He can shoot them a little bit, but it's just not something he does very often. Sure. So yeah. when you see him make it, you go, Whoa, he actually shot a, a, a three. But but yes, yeah, Damian Jones did. I was so disappointed. He was my guy. I was like, Yes, this, this guy's getting, you know, not that he's a world beater or anything yeah, like that, dude. but just he's a he's a decent big that can come in. And then just his hands were not up to the task of catching passes from LeBron. And if you're not catching passes thrown by LeBron, then you're just you're not gonna stay very long. That's just yeah. reality. I literally thought going into the season, he was going to start at the five
2: because, yeah. you know, the whole AD doesn't want to play the five stuff. And I thought, all right, they'll start him. He'll play, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 minutes each half and, you know, be be solid. And couldn't, couldn't even be that, but knocking down corner threes to help beat the Celtics. And, you know, maybe there is a conspiracy. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm talking myself into it.
1: Oh man, I did. I'm just looking. He has made his last three three point attempts. <laughs> he's
2: three for three
1: for the month of March. He's he should three be for letting three. him
2: fly then, right? From three, yeah, yeah right? Gotta get the heat check, the, the Andrew Bynum heat check, where you just catch it and shoot it from wherever you catch it from and let it go.
1: God, We're gonna, gonna get, we're gonna see from the hoop. We're gonna see the Damian Jones revenge game when the Lakers play the Jazz, aren't we?
2: Oh man, oh, that'd be killer. He's just gonna no. rain threes in AD's face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: you, oh, you spoke no. it into, into existence my friend
1: no, oh <laughs> wow that's gonna be fun all right well taylor horton tucker and damian jones are both gonna go crazy when, when the lakers see the jazz all right on that positive note let's let's wrap things up here appreciate everybody for joining us make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office youtube channel turn on those notifications as well and of course, go find us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.